1: Everybody, and welcome to another edition of Straightcast Trade on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our new sponsor, Underdog, your home for best ball, fantasy, and more. I don't know if that's their tagline, but I just gave it to them. Dan, what do you think about Underdog's new tagline? Uh, your home for best
2: ball and more. Well, I'm really happy that they brought you on as the marketing genius you are. And, um, you know, we'll we'll send a bill for that tagline. Uh, that most certainly is not the tagline, but uh, we'll send the bill either way. <laughs> all
1: righty. So today, Dan and I kind of sat in the chairs like, what should we talk about on this evening with the Dynasty Sphere? Pretty much all the free agency and trades have cooled down. Uh, this is not the craziest news week in Dynasty Cat history like the last two weeks have been. Um, so we're going to dive dive into a mock draft written by, Travis, uh, by Travis's own, by, Roto, by Rotovis's own Travis May. Uh, he wrote this right before Free Agency began, but most of it still holds up. Um, there's really like one or two things that you can question. Um, but we're going to talk about it from a Dynasty lens that if, if the all-knowing Travis May is correct with all of these, what's going to how would that shake out in terms of the players that are currently with those spots and uh, the players landing
2: there themselves um does that sound like a plan Dan I love it I look forward to it. and obviously we love Travis May so this should be fun
1: yeah no I mean if we were good at planning at all maybe we would
2: have had Travis on <laughs> to, to do this but you know next uh, time next time we'll just get him with a fresh one and then we'll have him on
1: There we go. That sounds like a plan. Put it in the books. Travis, I know you're listening, so uh, you'll be on, like, on April 24th. Um, All right. Here we go. So, kicking us off, we're going to be covering, obviously, the fantasy-relevant positions only. And the first fantasy-relevant position is the quarterback, Malik Willis, going off the board at six to the Carolina Panthers. You know, that's one of the kind of three hot spots for Malik Willis right now is – you have the Lions, you have the Panthers, and you have the Atlanta Falcons. So he has him going to the Panthers. And you you and I have been skeptics, uh, to put it lightly, of Malik Willis. But what we won't be skeptical of is the weapons of DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey will certainly put a young Malik Willis in a
2: position to su- succeed, assuming that McCaffrey is still on
1: the Panthers in this scenario.
2: Well, I I mean, I got you have to love this spot only because it's – very rare that we get actual rookie quarterbacks that go to places that A, have weapons, B, have some semblance of an offensive line, and C, coaching that we kind of trust at this stage. Do we? Do we? Do we? I don't know. Um, here's the thing with Malik Willis. there's His floor and his ceiling couldn't be further apart, but I think this is our best chance at Mike Vick 2.0 that I, I think we could have had. Uh, he's got a monster arm. He's electric with his legs, and I, I don't think one necessarily overpowers the other. Obviously, you know, there's some some mechanical things, some um, things that can be taught, right? There's there's plenty of things that Malik could do better that can be taught. The thing is, I think he has most of the stuff, the intangibles, if you will, that can't be taught. So. I feel like I keep kind of going back and forth with Malik Willis, but I would guess I'll find myself on the up. If in fact he does go to Carolina, I think there's a really nice sweet spot for him. He's got all of the weapons and I mean, he's going to be able to play pretty much right away. So I think sky's the limit with Malik Willis in Carolina. I do think we'll probably see Seattle Uh, If it isn't Carolina, make a move up in front of Carolina to get Malik Willis. But I would like I would like this spot over Seattle for sure.
1: All right, let's move on to the 11 spot where Travis May projects Washington commanders to select Garrett Wilson as the wide receiver one off the board. I I feel like I've probably said this a lot with different positions over the years, but landing landing spot slash probably more so draft capital is going to have a large impact on like which wide receiver I'm taking at wide receiver 1 which wide receiver I'm taking at wide receiver 2 um and in this scenario looking at landing spots as we'll go through them i i might be hard pressed to not take garrett wilson as wide receiver 1 at, as he goes off the board at this point with this landing spot i think it's a good spot for him i think that the only like question will then be like who is the quarterback for the washington commanders um but you know, he is well in position. Like, I think McLaurin is very much on the trade block or available for trade, you know, because Washington's not really in a win now type position. Not that McLaurin is some sort of old receiver, but he is going towards the end of his rookie contract. And, you know, Wilson, at the very least, is a replacement for Will, uh, McLaurin if and when he walks.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting one because either, you know, you have. You either have a ton of faith in Carson Wentz and you're just looking to get him another weapon. Obviously, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Antonio Gibson. They bring back J.D. McKissick with unfinished business, quote-unquote, to ruin all of our very mediocre Antonio Gibson shares. Uh, I think they still have Logan Thomas. Did he re-sign? No, he's still pending. Okay. So, I mean, you bring in an explosive playmaker like Wilson who isn't, I don't think, anywhere near a finished product. But, I mean, how many of these guys that, get drafted, do we really see as like fully NFL ready? I mean, those are the prospects we always determine as elite. I don't think there's an elite prospect in this class. I think there's a couple of nice ones. I think Garrett Wilson is amongst those, but I think he's going to, it's probably going to be a little while. You know, we see a lot of these rookies come in. The first half of the season is pretty darn slow as they pick up the speed, as they learn the playbook, as they learn how to play professional football instead of college football. It, uh, it, it starts to come a little bit more to them towards the back half of the season. And that's why I, I think, I, I would guess on average, you see a lot stronger second halves of seasons than first halves, assuming health for most of these guys. So I think this spot is an interesting one. I, I don't think they have the quarterback of the future, but it's possible they believe in Carson Wentz, even though uh, he's really hasn't proven anything outside of like a year. Uh, and all of his teams continue to move on from him more recently, Jim Ursay being vocal about it being very clear that they had to move on. So I don't know how you run, uh, you know, Jim Ursay the wrong way, but Carson Wentz figured it out. Yep. And also, also obviously, I did have a brain fart with the
1: Carson Wentz thing. Even if you don't think he's the quarterback of the future, he is certainly the quarterback of 2022. And looking at the road of his box score scout, putting Garrett Wilson with a draft position of... 11 his comparables a 95 percent uh or 95 sim score to jerry judy that makes a lot of sense percy harvin 82 jalen waddle 73 Tavon austin 69 so i i think this would be a a very solid spot for him where he's going to come in as the nfl wide receiver too and you know have the upside for more
2: oh for sure and and like you said i mean they they could be they could be out on Terry McLaurin. i don't know why you would think that but Maybe they feel like they could move him for a pile of draft picks that are, are worth more to well, the, them now. The
1: reason the reason why I brought it up is that when, when the Chiefs said, like, hey, we're trying to trade for a wide receiver one, the names came up were Metcalf and McLaurin.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get towards the back half of your you know, of your rookie contract, now the team's gotta worry about signing you. And and we just watched Kansas City not wanna pay Tyreek Hill Devontae Adams money, and they're gonna move on. Jerry McLaurin's been pretty promising thus far, so I mean you have reason to believe he'll be in that realm. I mean he'd get more than Christian Kirk uh, and that that's that's a big big number to swallow when you know you're kind of on the up and up. You'd rather have that contract signed toward you know towards when you're competing uh rather than potentially being out of competing mode by the time that contract is up because maybe the defense isn't quite as solid. You know, maybe maybe they don't find the quarterback and they're not able to compete. Hey, there's just so many you know, so many issues. That's why it's so important to get these guys on their rookie contracts and having them producing right away. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier said than done, but some teams seem to make it work and a lot of others really struggle with it over pretty much the entirety of their franchises.
1: And we'll move on to our next one, which is Drake London. The Philadelphia Eagles continue to spend early round capital on the wire receiver position. But I think for the second year in a row, this would be getting it correct with Drake London, you know, kind of like the opposite of Devonte Smith, you know, Devonte Smith, the, the speedy shorter guy and Drake London, the, the big guy who can, you know, separate a little bit. So I, I think this is a very solid landing spot other than the fact that we aren't believers in Jalen hurts on this podcast, but in terms of like, you know, a, being a very attractive Philly offense, I, I still think Sanders is a solid Miles Sanders is a solid RB option long-term and so I think this would be a very solid offense. The question is, where's the quarterback play coming from? Which it's probably Jalen Hurts. And we've seen good Jalen Hurts. We've seen bad Jalen Hurts. But I think we'd see we'd see more good Jalen Hurts if he had a tandem of Drake London and Devonta Smith.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I get it. Obviously, you know, Jalen Rager didn't work out. He'll probably need a fresh start somewhere. Devonta Smith looks like he's the real deal, even with very mediocre, if not bad, quarterback play. I think it'd be a little bit more of a struggle for someone like Drake London. Uh, you know, the contested catch upside is obviously massive, and uh, you know, it. I, I fear that the big-bodied guy is going to lose outside targets to the much easier throws inside to Dallas Goddard. Uh, potentially Jalen Hurts using his legs when you're in those red zone positions. So I, I I'm a little bit fearful if they are sticking with Jalen Hurts in the short term or the long term that the touchdown upside is pretty capped, uh, especially considering the talent around him and the fact that Jalen Hurts loves to use his legs in really any capacity that he can. So I'm I I'm mixed on Drake London. I, I feel like the last time I was kind of out on somebody like this, it was Mike Evans, and that ended up kind of being egg on my face. But um, you know, it, it, there's tons and tons and tons of upside. For someone like Drake London, the like I said, the massive size. Uh, he's got good speed. He's, I mean, great in contested catches. I just, at this stage, I mean, is it is it going to be another first half of his career of, like, Mike Williams? Or do we get Mike Evans, you know? You don't want to try to put these players in those boxes. I just, I think there's a couple of other wide receivers in this, in this draft I'm preferring. Especially to, I think, all of them uh, on this list going to better spots. Than Philly. Yeah, and looking at his
1: uh, RotoViz his Sim scores, the Road of his box scores count, make sure you wrote of his uh RV Radio 2022 for 10% discount. So you can see all these awesome apps and tools like we talk about every week. And not a lot of close comps for Drake London on the sim score app, but you have Nelson Aguilar fifty-eight, OBJ 58, Paraman 54, Lamb 51, Jonathan Baldwin 48. Um, I think that Jonathan Baldwin is gonna be like the the guy that like when people are like, oh, London's gonna be a bus, he's gonna be Jonathan Baldwin. Yep.
2: I fear that I fear that very much, so, because I was in on Jonathan Baldwin, and I've been burned by you know many Jonathan Baldwin's beyond that. and it's just it's a tough it's it's so tough because you look at the profile and it's so attractive and appealing, but it doesn't always translate and and it's really hard sometimes to get away from just looking at that page in, in your notebook or you know even if you are watching the film. Sometimes the play just doesn't translate, and these guys aren't aren't NFL players, but they can be great college players.
1: And next we'll go to the New Orleans Saints 18th pick selecting Matt Coral. I, I think that, um, and mostly unrelated to this, um, I don't know if you saw Dan, but uh, the Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, said that Taysom Hill is a tight end now. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's something. Uh, that would have thought? But I can't wait for, uh, you know, MFL has never made Taysom Hill a tight end. But if he is literally only taking tight end reps, you know, or, you know, tight end slash fullback reps in the preseason. I'll be interested to see if MFL switches him to, to tight end because MFL does not switch positions in season. And I think that it's 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 such a tough thing for for fantasy providers to do because it's really not fair to say that Taysom Hill's a quarterback because he's not a quarterback. But he does play quarterback when Jameis Winston is out. So, like, I, I think that this pick actually – of Matt Corral could convince fantasy providers that Taysom at Hull is a tight end because then if James Winston does get hurt, they would just then go to Matt Corral. Um, so that, that might change some things, but I love this for the saints. I I'm a, I'm a, you know, decently high on, on Matt Corral guy. And I think that they need a guy to be opposite of Winston as, you know, a possible development type project. And Coral, I think, is good enough to start day one if absolutely needed. But it's not needed because they have Winston on a two-year contract.
2: Yeah, this is another one I'm a little bit leery of. Coral, to me, feels like dollar store Baker Mayfield. I I don't love what – I mean, early on, you know, I, I feel like everybody was a lot higher on Matt Coral. And then over the last, I mean, has it been the last two years? He's kind of just kind of gone downhill a little bit. I I don't, I don't love Matt Corral. I think this is a decent, if not great spot though, for a quarterback to go, especially if Sean Payton returns in any capacity, but it's um, yeah. I mean, Jameis is is back, but we all know how, how long he stays on the field for uh, especially of late. seems like he's always injured. And it could be a pretty quick path to to touches in a in you know two quarterback or super flex leagues where you're looking at somebody that has decent upside uh, with you know Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, potentially Taysom Hill at tight end. And there's a little bit of uh, a little you know light at the end of the tunnel there. I just don't love Matt Corral. I think he'll be a, a career backup type.
1: Well, <laughs> I think that. Uh, he might be a little bit more than a crew backup. He might be a career starter who people think should be a career backup. And that would kind of align with his comparable, which is 94 skim score of Andy Dalton. So yeah, yeah. Um, a guy who is perpetually like just good enough to have that starter job. That's obviously not a huge difference maker in fantasy football. Um, but I do think that Matt Corral has a chance to be a bit of an upgrade for those pass catchers than than an inconsistent Winston. Winston.
2: Well, yeah, and I mean, when I mean, if, if you're just talking about pure upgrade, I mean, he'll he'll potentially be more consistent than Jameis, but also probably more consistent than zero arms Drew Brees. So, no, absolutely, uh, it'll be it'll be a different look if Matt Coral is in fact the pick, and if he gets early looks, I, I think it'll be refreshing for not only the Saints players, Saints fans, getting something different back there, and maybe a little more energetic rather than kind of a a hull hum. Even though not necessarily like that, the Saints offense hasn't been energetic and fun to watch, but it seems like it's always reliant on big plays and, and everything like that. So um it's an interesting one. You know, he'll end up going a lot higher than he should if he is uh, if he's drafted by the Saints. But, uh, I, uh you know, we'll see.
1: All right, let's go to our next pick. Um. By the way, Matt Quarrel, that this projection was based on before Winston was signed, but I, I don't think that the Winston signing takes them out of the no. quarterback conversation. And the same goes with our next pick, twentieth uh, pick overall, Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Kenny Pickett once again before the Trubisky signing. But signing Trubisky has never stopped anybody from doing anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is that is very very true. And you know, I, again, it's another this quarter this quarterback class is just not not great, but. You've got a couple of guys, you know, Matt Coral, now Kenny Pickett, who have potential to do the Andy Dalton, to to do the Ryan Fitzpatrick, to just kind of exist for a while. And, to, do and I, James <laughs> to do the Jameis Winston. To do the Jameis Winston. I don't know that either of those these guys have really the the YOLO in them that Jameis Winston has. Oh, Coral's but, got some YOLO in him. <laughs> I suppose he does. He'd have, he played in the SEC, so there is that. Uh the big issue, you know, you know, everybody talks about Kenny Pickett's hands and and doing the glove bit, but for me, every time I watch him, he just he looks like he's seeing ghosts and he's always trying to look behind his own shoulders and behind his own back, and running from something. So there's definitely highlights for everybody. I just I fear that we'll get Brady Quinn or you know Christian Ponder. These guys are always looking over their shoulder because they're about to get sacked. So. As nice as it would be to see to see one of these guys in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, that there's a lot of upside in that and just in itself. But I do think that Pittsburgh is going to be more in line with a 2023 quarterback, especially after they start Mitch Trubisky all of 2022 and win three games.
1: And the Rotovis box score scout is not a fan of Kenny Pickett at the 20th overall pick. His uh, box score comparables are 65, Drew Locke, 60, Geno Smith, and 52, Andy Dalton. The The best comparable is really 42, Ryan Tannehill, so that not, not the prettiest list to be a part of. You know, picket, late career breakout, you know, five-plus years in, in college, that type of thing. Not something that, you know, the, the box score scout and us roto are fans of.
2: Yeah, it, it'll be... Uh... It'll be interesting to see, you know, he's everybody's kind of either on one side or the other. Nobody's really just like, eh. you know, he's whatever. I, I think everybody either loves him or hates him. And for me, it's tough to find a lot to love on Kenny Pickett. And it sounds like the uh, the road of his apps are having a t- tough time as well.
1: Before we get to the New England Patriots pick, let's talk about our friends over
2: at Underdog that's right Nathan we talked about it a little bit at the beginning we're so happy to have underdog with us and, and as a new sponsor I mean they kind of fit our audience perfectly they're their best ball and, and I mean honestly if you start at the top and just look at if you look at just how easy it is to use underdog is second to none honestly in this space but the best ball stuff is is fantastic you know the no waivers no trades. All any pretty much any lineup setting and, and stuff that you just don't want to have to deal with. I mean, they've got you covered. It, it's a kind of a set it and forget it. We all have done the best ball stuff. And underdog just they just do it better. So it's a no-stress environment. The league management, super, super easy. You sign up, you draft, and you're good. And then you just you just win money, Nathan. I don't know. You and I are, are uh, a little bit new to the winning money, but everybody else seems to be winning it around us. So you can definitely do that. But make sure when you sign up, you use code ROTOVIZ, R O T O V I Z, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100 every cent of it. So if you deposit $100, you're getting an extra $100 on Nathan. It's coming out of his paycheck. Thank you, Underdog. This place is absolutely fantastic. We absolutely love Underdog and looking forward to joining even more than we're currently joining. Nathan, I know you are a best ball fiend. I'm addicted. I'm scratching my itch currently. I think I joined three today. So, again, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, code rotoviz match your first deposit, and it's just that easy. Free money. Now, one player that
1: I'm pretty sure the rotoviz apps are a big fan of is the 21st overall pick in Travis May's mock draft. And that is Trelon Burks. Treylon Burks to the New England Patriots. I, I mean, I feel like I've, I've, I've done the dance with New England Patriots wide receivers before, and it, it stung me in the foreman to kill Harry. Um, but I might be dancing again because I, I, I have a decently. I feel like the Mac Jones like pendulum has swung back and forth like too many times. Like when he was drafted, it was like, oh, this guy could be elite, and then like it was like okay this guy is like okay and then this guy's going to be elite and this guy stinks like how we went from like this guy's going to be elite to this guy stinks in like two weeks i don't understand um i think mac jones is a very very average nfl quarterback who is going to be a starter for 10 plus years and can support a legitimate wide receiver one i don't think mac jones is in the tier of quarterback who's going to be hurting his wide receiver one
2: yeah and and for me, if if you were to ask me who the best player in this class is from like an offensive standpoint, it would be Traylon Burks as far as skill position goes. I, I see the most, the the straightest line to actual NFL efficiency and usage and playing time out of all of these guys. You know, Garrett Wilson, he's super exciting. He's flashy, but very unpolished. Um, not necessarily ready. It's more of a get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. Drake London, huge body. Uh, You just got to find him in the right spaces. He feels more situational to me. And with Traylon Burks, I feel like he can play any one of the wide receiver positions. You could line him up in the backfield. You could do whatever you wanted with him Uh, a little bit. You know, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown. He really makes me think a lot of like Anquan Bolden. Just kind of like a power receiver rather than the finesse guys that we're kind of getting used to. There's not not as really a huge push for the big bodied, strong. You know, we have like DK Metcalf and uh, you had Julio at one point, you know, those those types of guys. And and I get that with Traylon Burks. I feel like he's able to just kind of do what he wants on the field because you got to go stop him. And stopping a 6'2, 240 or 230, whatever he is, wide receiver who can also move at 4'4 pace. That's not an easy task. So uh these corners and safeties are gonna have their hands full. It's gonna be fun to watch him, whether it's with New England, whether it's you know, maybe he goes earlier, maybe he goes to the Eagles. Uh, I think that would be a really fun combo with Devonta Smith. You know, again, you still have to deal with Jalen Hurts, but I I see I see a lot more potential. A.J. Brown, not A.J. Brown, in Traylon Burks. A.J. Brown's even on my mind in uh, Traylon Burks and I do in all of these other guys. Even though I think Garrett Wilson potentially has the highest ceiling, I feel, like, I feel like Traylon Burks definitely has the highest floor.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, let's move on to the Las Vegas. Or, oh, nope. not This isn't the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Green Bay Packers, um, who could end up taking the player that the Las Vegas Raiders are projected to pick by our Travis May. So he predicted the, the Raiders to select at the 22nd pick, Jameson Williams. Let's just say the Green Bay Packers earn a select, Jameson Williams, at the 22nd pick. So what do we think of Aaron Rodgers throwing to one, Jameson Williams?
2: Well, anytime you get Aaron or Aaron Rodgers involved in, you know, potential fantasy producers, obviously we have to love it. They move on from Devontae Adams. They re-sign MVS. Um, they still have Aaron Jones and AJ They didn't Dillon. re-sign
1: MVS. It was the Chiefs.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So th- there's nothing here. Alan Lazard and Amari Rogers and the trash can that you have to leave done at the end of your driveway tonight. Cause tomorrow's trash day. He'll be playing wide receiver for the guard, uh, the green Bay Packers. Um, Jamison Williams is an interesting one. I, I feel like, I feel like he's kind of got that big play that they're now going to be missing with MVS. Um, I, I don't see a true, you know, like a wide receiver one in him, but there's plenty of production to come out of someone like that. You know, we we got our, our Will Fullers, um, those, those types of players. I see that in Jamison uh, as well. And I think going from Alabama, which is very pro-ready, if you will, into Green Bay where he'll be playing with the ultimate complainer and, and you better be pro-ready or you're going to hear it and not catch any anything. I, I feel like he could thrive in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. The perfectionist Aaron Rodgers. If he gets on his good side, if he's on Aaron Rodgers' good side, think about all these passes he could catch.
1: And James Williams averaged a touchdown per game in his final season at Alabama. Thirty-one, a thirty-one percent market share in receiving yards. And 24, 23 career market share in terms of uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. So certainly a solid career for James Williams. But honestly, better numbers than I was expecting to see. Obviously, we've seen many times over the past few years that the Alabama wide receivers are, you know, picking scrapes, and I thought that would be the case with Williams. Um, but his Sim Score, Box Score Scout is very very attractive. A 100% comparable, which I don't com- I don't agree with. But CD Lamb. 97 Aguilar, 96 Judy, 94 Perriman, 93 Hunter, 90 Justin Jefferson, 82 Calvin Ridley. So a lot of good names, a couple busts there. Um, but the upside is certainly there for a player like Jamison Williams. And it's only even higher when you add Aaron Rodgers to the equation.
2: Yeah. And honestly, without the ACL tear, I think we're talking about Jamison Williams, a potential top 10 or 12 pick rather than a top 25 pick. So uh just because you, you bring the Alabama brand with uh, a you know an athletic profile and a and a statistical profile like Jamison Williams brings and it's just like guaranteed you're going to get picked in the top 15 or so so i think um, assuming all is well with the acl and everything heals up properly this could potentially be a steal for the green bay packers obviously he's not going to quite be Devontae adams but he most definitely can can fill those shoes uh, at least i would say about 85% I've seen some
1: mock drafts of the Packers taking Ojabo. I think it's the linebacker from Michigan. Yeah. There's no chance the Packers are investing a first round pick in a player who can't play in 2022. They've already gotten destroyed for that with the Jordan love pick. Was that two years ago now? Three years ago. So, um, but assuming James Williams medical checkout, I think this pick does make sense for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Next, this one came, but this mock draft came out before the Tom Brady announcement, Um, So uh, the projection of Travis May having uh, Sam Howell to the Buccaneers Um, before the Brady announcement, I would have been doing jumps and flipping upside down and and all those things for Sam Howell because I'm a big Sam Howell advocate now, obviously less so makes sense. You know, the same argument for giving weapons and giving help to Aaron Rodgers. It's even more so for Tom Brady. So I don't think they're investing in the quarterback position here. Um, especially cause they just spent the second round pick on Kyle Trask, but you know, uh, I guess, is there anything fantasy wise that you think the bucks
2: could do with this pick? It's, it's kind of a weird one because they, they bring back Evans. They bring back Godwin. They go, uh, they go and re-sign Fournette. I mean, I would assume Gronk is back. You know, the, the team is essentially as it was minus an offensive lineman that was replaced or, uh, you know, one retired, one left, they replaced at least one of those positions. So I would assume they're going to backfill on defense. You know, if they do decide to go, you know, hopeful potential quarterback of the future, I would guess they probably wouldn't do this. It it made, maybe would have made more sense if it was Pickett or, or coral, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Sam Howell can't be an NFL quarterback. I just think that if they really wanted Chase Daniel, they could have signed him. <laughs>
1: what a shot by Dan Sanyo. All right, let's wrap up the first round with another uh, originally projected for the Miami Dolphins, but we're just going to forward that pick to the Kansas City Chiefs through the Tyree trade. and the Kansas City Chiefs select the Ohio State pass catcher, Chris Olav, to end the first round of this mock draft
2: from a fantasy perspective. Another interesting one. Um, I I feel like a lot of these Ohio State wide receivers kind of come it, out very similar. It's like they profile these guys it, just to fit a certain mold. And you know, Garrett Wilson kind of along the same lines. Go makes me think of like Terry McLaurin. Um, I, he's he's. I think he feels more polished and smooth than Garrett Wilson to me, but. I I feel like Chris Olav is a product of Ohio state university and not a product of Chris Olav. I feel like he thrived because of where he was and the players around him. I think if you put him at, I think if you put him in the sec on anything, but Alabama, I I don't think he's in this conversation here. Uh, He seems more like a wide receiver three in an offense. Um, I I don't love Chris Olav. I, I I think he's got some potential, but I fear that he is kind of a product of his environment. All right.
1: So that should wrap up the first round. So let's wrap up the show with a bit of, you know, kind of the best of the rest rounds two through three, the, the projections from our friend Travis May. Dan, are there any specific guys that, that bounce out at you? One, one of the main things for me, you know, I'm a big Desmond Ritter guy. I would love a landing spot of Desmond Ritter to Detroit Lions, assuming they're going to invest in some wide receiver help um, over the next couple of years, uh, I'm, I'm, in addition to Amon Ross, St. Brown and, and company. So I, I think that's a very solid landing spot, a place that he can start as early as like mid-season this year. Brees Hall, this, this one is a little bit outdated due to free agency. Um, they've signed Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, so they're probably not going after Brees uh, Hall in the second round. But what what is catching your eye here in this mock draft?
2: Well, I, I do think Ritter is an interesting one because going to Detroit would allow him to be able to, you know, sit and watch for at least another year. Uh, we would assume Jared Goff, however mediocre, is locked in there in the short term. Uh, but that would give Des Ritter a chance to, to kind of figure things out He's not NFL ready, but there's a lot of potential there. And Detroit is kind of one of those teams that it just feels like they could win any single game. Like they play with so much fire and passion and getting a quarterback into an environment like that, I feel like is actually really important rather than, you know, the nonchalantness, the, you know, whatever kind of feeling you get from some of these places. Detroit feels like one of those places that if you're really a competitor, and you're there to win rather than just collect a paycheck, Like, how would you not want to go to the Detroit Lions, even though it's the toilet and that place sucks, and you definitely shouldn't be running back in Detroit because they will ruin you, but if you play every other position, go for it. I think the big one for me in the second round is going to be George Pickens at 39 to Chicago, which is what Travis gave us here. Um, I feel like that's a really nice continuation of Allen Robinson, to be completely honest with you. I feel like he brings a little bit more excitement, more explosion. You know, Alan Robinson didn't really get his feet on the ground in Chicago. It seemed like, um, you know, the, the quarterback struggles and and just the offensive struggles. We, we never really knew what we were going to get with Chicago. And we now we have everything's fresh. You know, you still have Darnell Mooney there. You still have David Montgomery. We hope that Justin Fields takes this next step forward. And who better to do it with than George Pickens, Darnell Mooney, the rest of these weapons I feel like this could potentially be a match made in heaven. And, um, you know, Pickens at one point was like the Debbie wide receiver one or at least talked about in that in that fashion. Now he's sliding down here into the second round. So I I feel like that could be a really nice, uh, a really nice combo.
1: Yeah. And then one more that's catching my eye right now is Jahan Dotson going in the second round at pick 43 to the Atlanta Falcons with the Calvin Ridley suspension and you know the mess that they have obviously you know they're probably going to invest at in the quarterback position in the draft and that puts them at a, at a pairing of you know a young quarterback with Jahan Dotson or you know waiting till 2023 to have a, a young quarterback with possibly Jahan Dotson and Calvin Ridley um so some of his comparables I'm, I'm pulling it up now but uh without the draft capital or Josh Doxon uh, and Josh Harper Andre Davis uh but once we've put that draft capital in, it is loading three, two, one. Uh, Dan, you want to rant on Dotson while we wait for this?
2: Well, I, I think if if Dotson is anything like the mold that we've been getting out of Penn State for the last however many years in that program, we would expect a, a super freak of an athlete. You know, you, you kind of start with maybe Saquon Barkley. Uh, you look at Mike Gusecki. Now we've got K.J. Hamler. K, was Hamler Penn State? Yes,
1: Hamler, yes, right? Hamler
2: uh, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin. I mean, you've got a lot of super athletes coming from a program that, at this point, and on the defensive side of the ball as well, Micah Parsons, you're you're looking at just there's so much potential because of how explosive these guys are. So given, given his tape, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot – left kind of on the table a lot a lot to be desired but at the same time he's so explosive and and fun that i feel like if you can get him doing those basic things properly he could i mean he could genuinely be one of those one of the kind of great quote unquote undersized wide receivers as we've seen of late you know the kind of your your stefan Diggs type um I, i feel like we can get that with dotson Yep.
1: All right, Dan. Any other ones that you want to rant on from this mock draft?
2: Uh, I think that's kind of it. I mean, this, this, we've talked about it for a while. This class isn't super deep. Um, there's a lot of love for like Brees Hall. And if he does go to Miami at pick 50, like Travis (laughs) has, um, you know, he he may end up being your one Oh one somehow. Because there's, I mean, there's people that are just already claiming that Brees Hall is Matt Forte. I don't get He, to me, seems like a committee back uh, with potential for the 1A role. I, I I just can't see how you're taking someone that high who's guaranteed to be going in the second round. If he goes in the first round, A, NFL teams are idiots, and B, then obviously he'd be the 101, but I don't see Miami... Uh, Probably spending a high pick on running back now that they've kind of they've kind of put all their eggs in the Tyreek Hill basket. And, and you know, that's, a, you know, free agent moves and whatnot. But uh, it'll be uh, I would assume that pick is the Chiefs pick now. Correct. at 50. I think so. Yes. OK, so I don't think the Chiefs would do that after uh, drafting C.E.H. And, and you know, signing doing their best, bringing Ronald Jones in. That wouldn't make a ton of sense. But wherever Brees Hall goes, it's going to be kind of a crazy conversation. I feel like he almost inevitably is going to be going somewhere that already has a back in place. And he'll just kind of have to play from behind. You know, Maybe maybe someone like the Raiders brings in Brees Hall as kind of the heir apparent to Josh Jacobs now that Gruden's not really there. I know he loved him as like the two-down guy. We'll see. How Josh Jacobs looks going forward. Um, I, I, I could see that pairing. Maybe, maybe Atlanta does that. Maybe they bring in Brees Hall and allow Cordero to play a little bit more wide receiver and still kind of use him as that Swiss Army knife. But it's it's gonna be interesting. You're still gonna have the guys that are gonna be banging the drum for Brees Hall in like your top one or two picks. Uh there's still some folks that believe Kenneth Walker is gonna be up there. For me, it's it's quarterback if it's Malik Willis. Otherwise, maybe one of those top three receivers, and then I'm kind of out on the class beyond that as far as really sinking in true value. Yeah, I
1: I'm pretty much in, in the superflex format. I'm pot committed in just like throwing darts at these quarterbacks and Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and and Kenny Pickett to an extent, um, and maybe dipping my my toe in the wide receivers. But really, I had my hopes up for for Isaiah Spiller and Kyron Williams, and they have had very poor off seasons so far. So yeah. unless they land in primo landing spots with day two capital, I think that it's, that it's pretty much just with running backs. It's really just Brees and maybe Kenneth Walker.
2: Yeah. And before we fully wrap up one position, we haven't talked about at all is tight end because we don't need to Dan. There's well, I, I feel like, I, I feel like Trey McBride who Travis has at 60 uh, currently to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, this was before, the Bucks re-signed Brady. Um, I, I would assume McBride, you know, or, or I would assume Gronk is back because Brady is back. But if Trey McBride ends up going kind of in this range, I feel like there's 70 to 90 targets on the table for really any of the teams that are picking like 50... 657 down into like the middle of the third round. I, I just feel like that's kind of of a sweet spot for wherever somebody wants to call their tight end one. Uh I do think that it is probably Trey McBride. I know we don't love tight ends, and there's not really a standout one like we've kind of had in the past, but I, I do think that if you are in a tight end premium league, Trey McBride could end up being a, a halfway decent value depending on where he goes. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be drafting him in the first round, but he he could end up being a decent value in like that mid, mid-second-ish.
1: Alrighty, that should, ra-
2: that should wrap us up for this
1: <laughs> evening. Uh, Dan, Dan's the only one who saw that my mic fell down and I grabbed it like a Spider-Man. Um, and make sure to support. I, you know, you know, Dan, you know how I threaten to tell people's mothers uh, if they don't listen to the podcast, subscribe rate review. It um, you person listening right now? If you don't, if you don't deposit hundred dollars on Underdog and use promo code Rotoviz, I'm telling your mother. Like you're you're wasting money. Dan, d- would your mother want you to waste money?
2: Mm, probably not. So I'm gonna be using code Rotoviz R O T O V I Z at Underdog.
1: There we go. All right, that's your up for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week.
2: Ta-da!